Hello, and welcome to The Singles Club, a podcast for lonely songs discussed by lonely people. <laughs> my name is Lilith, and my pronouns are she, her. My name is Jay, and my pronouns are they, them. My name is Tyler, and my pronouns are he, him. And we have, as always, a playlist on our YouTube channel at The Fable Few, where you can listen to the songs we discuss on every episode of the podcast. It is a playlist we build up every episode, and it actually has the songs... When we record the episodes, not when we publish them. So you can always take a listen to that ahead of time and listen to the songs before you listen to our episode. With that, we'll go ahead and start discussing the songs. And we're starting with Jay's song this week, right? Yep. I have uh, Sloom by Of Monsters and Men, which is a funny little title. Last week when we were discussing Lucky by Aurora... I mentioned that her sound kind of reminded me of of Monsters and Men, particularly their second album, Under the Skin, but I wanted to go back to my absolute favorite albums of theirs. My Head is an Animal, their first album, which I absolutely adore, and I fell in love with it again, and I just... Sloom has always been one of my favorite songs by them, and I thought it would be one that neither of y'all have ever heard by them. Well, you'd be absolutely right that I haven't heard it before. (laughs) In fact, I actually didn't hear of what the word Sloom meant until today. I don't know either, (laughs) actually. Yeah, it means like doze off or uh, drift. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like a kind of like a a lazy kind of sleep. It's kind of like, you just kind of rest into it. It's kind of British slang, I think. It is. It is not a word you'll hear here. Hear, hear. Hear, hear. Hear, hear. Lifting up my drink. (laughs) So, regarding this song's lyrics, I think that they were pretty well composed. um, In, like, that, the odd, like, two stanza transition between the two vocalists. It's something that is, it's a weird call and response that isn't, even really a standard one but the way that they have the swapping makes uh some of the stings of the song itself a lot more impactful than they would have been otherwise and one of the greatest crux to having multiple vocalists in a group is that lyrical work and balance Tyler, what did you think of them i think it's fine i've never been a huge fan of of monsters and men mostly because they're they're a bit too poppy for me especially in folk but i do like sloom by itself it's kind of a good introduction for me outside of like that one hit they had in 2012 that everyone knows <laughs> little talks yeah it's a very poetic song which is what basically the entirety of the album this song appears on is it's just that very abstract poetry it's like if, a, if you listened to a salvador dali painting in terms of like a lot of the metaphors they use yeah that evokes a lot of imagery yeah it's funny because like i've been listening to this album for a long long time And until I actually recommended this song, I really haven't focused on their lyrics that much just because the soundscape that they do and listening to the song, it kind of creates imagery in your head that you think of while you're listening to it, but it doesn't really leave an impact afterwards, at least for me. It's like you read the book and then it's over and it's like, what the heck was that song about? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, that's one of the things I don't like about Monsters and Men because they've never been a particular artist. I was interested in it's always just kind of like that open shut man that was weird and then i moved on (laughs) i think it's a shame to like the artistry of a song like this one in specific if you really want to like listen to how they format the song with the two vocalists they create a weird dichotomy in what each character is feeling about the exact same concept like the line of 
the journals that the male vocalist was talking about where it was a dream of his but a nightmare of the other vocalists. I'm assuming that's in reference to the vocalist and not like a character that exists in the song itself because I hate I don't like songs because it's like <laughs> I don't like songs in the podcast. And in the podcast, I don't like music. Sometimes songs are weird and just say throwaway things, but I don't think that in particular is a throwaway line. Because after the male vocalist says, a little nightmare of yours, the female vocalist jumps in and says, to be asked to take this plunge, to forgive and forget, and to be the better man, is a very interesting thing in representing the two characters' mental thoughts on that action of being a better man in in a situation, is that the male vocalist seems to have a very quick to almost turn the other cheek kind of attitude towards it, whereas the female vocalist has this internal struggle that's represented vaguely in the lyrics but they still do be the better man with the chorus line of love me mother love me father and love my sister as well i almost see that as the vocalists each of them both stepping down and saying love me but also make sure that my siblings get as much so how'd y'all feel about the instrumentals themselves i think that it is not the strongest part of the song personally Mm -hmm. yeah the one thing i will say is that at the very least it's not so stripped down that you couldn't have a nice listen to just the instrumental but most of the song is that soft guitar strumming Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. towards the end of the song the swelling that the instrumental has towards the third repetition of the final like love me section is probably the most interested i was in the instrumental but i don't think this is the kind of song i'd go back to for it specifically my personal favorite part of the instrumental is after the first chorus where they go into the second verses starting with the cat silhouette i like that it gets a little bit more complex and upbeat in its sound i will say that at the very least the adding of the stomp clap percussion did add to the instrumental in the second half uh, tyler i think you said everything i was gonna say but yeah <laughs> Yeah, there's not a lot for this instrumental, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah I, I knew that going in. I definitely don't listen to them for, like, you know, incredibly good instrumentals, but it's definitely something that I go to when I'm feeling melancholy or just need kind of a break from high yeah. energy. Mm-hmm. I guess that leads us to the final likes and dislikes of the song. I have just one dislike with the song itself. I don't know why it's there. I don't know if it's just one specific spot or like it happens throughout the song. There's this almost harsh reverberating like click, like a fire like alarm that has a low battery kind of click that's just in there and it hurts my ears every time I I hear it in the song. I think I know what you're talking about, but I'm not sure. It's like towards the latter half of the song. I don't think I actively heard that. It distracted the hell out of me and I don't know why it's there in that mix. That's an odd thing to put there. Tyler? I don't think I have anything additional to say. I guess we can move on to the next one then? Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Alright. Well, so the next one is my song. And the song I picked is a weirder one for me to have picked because the artist I picked is I normally listen to their band, but because their band doesn't have any lyrics at all, (laughs) I decided to pick something from their solo work because I don't personally think that if I picked a song by the math rock band Covet, and it was just like, here's a song where they play the pretty guitar and don't say anything. <laughs> as much as I like that instrumental work that they do, I don't think that'd be great for this podcast. So I picked A Map, A String, A Light by Yvette Young, and it's from her first EP released in 2014. And the EP is just titled Acoustics. 
Mm. Um, and I picked it simply because when I first heard her music, I found her guitar style so fascinating, like on a musical level, that like I immediately fell in love with her work. That is immediately what drew me in. I haven't really listened to a lot of math rock, and the guitar is it's played in a way I have never heard before in my life. I thought it wasn't played in real time. I thought it was played like a person were to have all the keys of a guitar, but they did as fast and as slowly as they wanted to, like on a computer or on a keyboard or something. Like it's really, really masterfully played. Her style is so wild. After I put this song in for the episode, I looked through dozens of interviews of hers Mm. just to see how she played her guitar. I glanced at her genius page and I saw that she was in Covet and it said math rock and I was like, oh, that makes so much sense of the way that she plays the guitar because math rock is all about playing weird time signatures and weird kind of ways to play instruments outside of the box and it's so very interesting math rock is very close with prog rock where they like to do really weird things and it and it reminded me of kind of i don't know why but it's reminded me of the opening acoustics for burning down the house by talking heads like the opening acoustic guitar leading up into the song it's just played really quickly in an interesting way and it kind of reminds me of that i don't know if if I'm right at all or if I'm just making connections. <laughs> I think it's really good, especially for math rock. I know a lot of math rock can be like very plucky and melodic and complicated, but Yvette brings something with her guitar work that puts her aside from like other bands of math rock that I've listened to, like Strawberry Girls or uh, Chinese Football. Um <laughs> Real bands. I love that Real bands. Real bands. Um, especially her vocal work. I, I just, I, I love how it's played and how it feels so unique to, uh, like other bands I've actually listened to. Going back and because I usually listen to the song a couple times over before I actually go and look at the lyrics. And going back into the lyrics, I was kind of amazed at the way the vocals were spaced out, I guess. She does form full sentences, but very slowly. I mean, despite the fact that it's a seven-minute song, there's not a lot of vocals in it. Yeah, there's not, but all of them really do evoke this imagery to it. I think my favorite section is the grind me into dust, to feel my skin crumbling, feed me to the sea, to hear my lungs stumbling. Like, that is yeah. such an image really evoking line like to hear my lungs stumbling like I when I read that I was like holy shit I don't know why I like that so much it feels so poetic yeah like saying an organ can stumble like it's such an interesting way to phrase something but it makes so much sense it's the strong suit of the entire acoustics album set there's two acoustics albums there's acoustics and acoustics too appropriately titled <laughs> of course um, Acoustics was written, to my knowledge, it is a lot of Yvette Young's first work as a guitarist, period. She was trained as a classical pianist. Oh, mm. that makes sense. She transfers those skills to guitar for her music professionally nowadays. And the lyrics, to my knowledge, they're basically venting lyrics from when she was a lot younger. That's neat. It's a good EP, Acoustics, itself. I was actually considering picking a different one, but I picked this song specifically because if you end up liking it, her second acoustics album, Acoustics 2, has a song titled A Map, A String, A Light, Part 2. And that song is 
a song that this one seamlessly flows into and completely like continues the entire musical thread that this one creates. Wow. Any live performance that's of this song is often accompanied by her immediately continuing into part two. I think this type of music, like it's not something I really want to actively listen to, like say Tyler's song, but it's definitely something that I'd like to put on when I'm winding down for something or I just kind of want to get like si- similarly to of Monsters and Men where I just kind of want to like doze off. I was already really tired when I was listening to this, but it was like a lullaby. I was like actively almost falling asleep but in the best way just because her voice is soothing the guitar is absolutely beautiful and it's slow enough that it doesn't really disturb you but it's interesting enough to make you want to open up your ears and really listen yeah and i think that's funny because that's practically the opposite tone that covet takes because covet's a very active band Mm. whereas her solo work is a lot closer to the way you described this song i guess any final likes dislikes on this song before we move on beautiful (laughs) (laughs) my last bullet point just says lovely smiley face (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think that's the takeaway i highly recommend checking out not only this song but all of yvette young's work because she also has a piano album on her solo page (gasps) that is her using her classical piano skills uh on her solo work i'll definitely Um, have to check that out (laughs) mm mm-hmm but I'm not going to just say, hey guys, Yvette Young's so cool. You should listen to Yvette Young because I love Yvette Young. She's one of my favorite <laughs> artists. And I'm going to go ahead and let Tyler go ahead and describe That's... to us uh, why he picked his song this week. Okay, well, what you w- won't do for Yvette, I will do for uh, this song. <gasps> I, love, I, lo- I love this band ever since I found them through this song, which apparently was popular through a meme in uh, China and Japan. Because it was yeah, played as a Hitmontop's idol stance. What? Yeah, it like blew up in Japan for some weird reason. It like 20, 2020? Yeah, 2020. Yeah, it's a January. Even though this song was like released in 2015, which is so odd. It's even funnier because the album was released four years later that this song appeared yeah, on. Yeah, I love this band. I haven't stopped listening to them ever since I found them. Their, their hit single, Shin... Oh God, hold on. <laughs> Shin Shin Takarajima by Suck on Action is uh, super good. Before we talk about the song, I do want to mention that the band name is a pun. It's a pun? It's a pun. Um, Sakana is the Japanese word for fish, so it is just fish action is the title of the band. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. The (laughs) idea is that their music is like just, it flows uh, like a Fish, I think is described on the Wikipedia page. Hold on. Like um, the name Sakan Action is a portmanteau of Sakana and Action. In the band's own words, their name reflects a wish to act quickly and lightly like fish in the water without fearing changes in the music scene. Do you think I it's like a reference them. to Magikarp? <laughs> I hope to God it's not a reference to Magikarp. <laughs> I will die. Um, fish action. But the song itself... Um, I I have a hard time with uh, foreign songs when I listen to them, mostly because, to me, foreign music always tends to become like, oh, the lyrics are just instrument too, you know, mm-hmm. instead of yeah. lyrics themselves. Um, I, I, go, I went out of my way for this recording to specifically start listening to this song with the 
uh, understanding that these lyrics do have a translation, I went and found a translation after several, several, several pages that are like, here's the literal Google translation form of them. I'm like, I don't want those. I know that's (laughs) bullshit. Stop trying to get me to read these. Stop trying Um, to get me to use Google Translate. I did find one web page that had a genuine interpretation of lyrics that seemed to take the less literal meaning and the more metaphorical poetic meaning that music has, which is a wild thing that people seem to don't un- not understand, is that l- music lyrics are metaphorical, usually. So I'm going to plug them in the description of this podcast episode in YouTube and anywhere it's posted. It's from JapaneseSongLyrics.com. I'm posting a link in... Uh, discord for you two but that's where i got my lyrics that i read for this song my thing with songs that are not in english is like most of the time i don't really care about the song meaning or the what the lyrics mean just because i you know can't understand it while i'm listening to it and translations usually just feel very weird to me when i'm trying to like understand the lyrics versus the translation thanks google it's it just feels very stilted but for this what i searched up immediately was the romanization of the lyrics mm-hmm. because i mostly want to just be able to sing along to it mm-hmm. well fun fact about japanese song lyrics.com is that they have both of them on there fuck yeah there's also a genius page there yeah, is a genius it's, page. It, there's like an automatic <laughs> genius romanization thing for it but i do like to know kind of what it means if i'm curious if i'm like i really like this song i wonder what they're talking about but most of the time it doesn't really matter to me that much which might sound kind of i don't know mean or or just that i don't care about the song but i do i just it just doesn't add to my experience of the song yeah i think to me i have to kind of understand a song which is kind of why i had so much a hard time trying to find reasons to really enjoy the of monsters and men song this week Mm -hmm. is because i kind of have to understand a song on a level in some way so it's often why i like comedy music more than any other form of music i'm gonna be honest is that i like to understand what i'm listening to and it's funny saying that because i have a very fun interest in city pop music from the 80s (laughs) which i do not look into and i just listen to like the vocals are another instrument and that's all they are but the lyrics themselves i did analyze the way the romanization was musically as opposed to just It sounded nice, and it meant this. (laughs) Because for me, I really like the style of vocals that the main vocalist, whose name I do not know. (laughs) Look it up, hold on. Yeah, if I'm looking right now, uh, it's uh, Yamaguchi Ichiro. He's responsible for the lyrics. The way that he does this, like, stanza-based vocals is very interesting he says the line and it's like waiting i'm ready for the next one and then he brings it out i'm like oh my gosh i like what he's doing here with the fact that most of the lines are self-referential to the previous line in that they present the words of the next line with a word from the previous line to create this connected flow despite the stilting that he creates yeah yeah i get that and what did you personally think about his vocals I honestly didn't really focus too much on, I guess, his vocal style because nothing really special jumped out about me about it because I actually didn't really think about the way it was fairly stilted. But I do like that. But I was mostly focused on the sound of it just because 
the fact that it's not in English allowed me to more focus on the instrumentation than I usually do for music. Because usually when I listen to music, it takes me like 50 plus listens to actually go back and realize things about the music after I've understood the lyrics. Looking at you, Lemon Demon. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I'm usually so focused on the lyrics of a song that it takes me so long. I'll be like, okay, I know all, all the inflections of the song. I know all the lyrics. Now I can actually listen to the instrumentation without getting distracted. But with this... I'm actually able to focus on the instrumentation first and foremost, and the sense of it, I fucking love. The guitar is masterfully played. Like, my favorite part of it is the transition going from the verses to the chorus, that kind of, like, going from the lower energy, like, it's not low energy, but it's a little bit lower, up to the ramp up of high energy chorus. Like, it feels beautifully done without, it doesn't feel jarring. It's like a beautiful ramp up going right into it and getting you fucking pumped about it. Oh, yeah. It's one of those things where, like, if it was, like, put through, like, say, uh, a quick time visualizer back in the early 2000s, you'd go from a simple shifting background that suddenly it's the flashing lights of the yeah. big instrumental swelling forward. I mean, the chorus line is is probably one of my favorite parts of the song especially like the way the vocalist does the uh the tene section Mm -hmm. is that almost creates like a swing rhythm in the lyrics themselves which is probably what he's going for considering the entire stilted process the lyrics have been following is that it gives you that feeling of motion in the song itself i don't think it would be there if he didn't sing in the way he does yeah i think also the guitar solo in the middle fucks. It's so good. Are you talking about the section where in the music video, like, the lights are off and they're standing there? Yeah, they're in the box. I believe so. Yes. They have one, like, big instrumental break, and half of it is, I think, mostly just kind of general instrumental, and then it ramps up into an actual fully-fledged guitar solo that makes me lose my fucking mind every single time. The section you're talking about is, like, around the three-minute mark. It's probably one of the coolest parts of the song itself. It went from, oh, this is a fun little song, to, oh, they know what they're doing with their instruments. Yeah, and I think we would be remiss... If we didn't talk a teeny bit about the music video. Oh, no, we have to. We have to. I swear, Tyler, you've shown me this music video before because I remember watching it, but I don't remember the song at all. So that was great. Just being like, oh, I remember all these pretty colors. I remember really noting on how everyone was dressed. Like, I love the costuming Mm -hmm. where everyone's in a suit, but everyone's like slightly different, especially, I believe, the bassist. The one with the cutoff sleeves. Yeah, she has cutoff sleeves. She has, it's not a cravat, but it's like a pretty, some sort of neck thing. I don't know what the fuck it's called. It's the frilly neck thing that pirate shirts have. Yeah, and then she's wearing a pantsuit, but also like a half skirt and it's so good all of them are dressed absolutely immaculately i'm in love with how all of them look the music video is very fun the minute i clicked play on it i'm like oh they're trying to emulate like 70s and 80s like television music videos yes it feels like a game show Mm -hmm. like i love that yeah and it's one of those things where it's like oh maybe i'm reading too far into it that they're creating this almost older style 80s vibe with the do-it-yourself visual style of this music video and then i watched another music video they made and i'm like oh they're doing it on purpose Literally, one of the music videos on their YouTube page is is in a 4 by 3 ratio, shot like it was <laughs> literally on TV in the 1980s. Oh, I love that. Their music videos all have this kind of visual style, especially the coordinated outfits. 
Yeah, and then there's this little interlude in the end. I think I think it's during the second verses where all of them are like dressed in different little sitcom outfits. Like one of them's a painter, yeah. one of them is like fishing. The bassist has a baby. <laughs> yeah, all of them are just it's a fun little interlude, but to break up the you know, one camera panning of all the cheerleaders and the band members just walking of just being mm-hmm. like, What the hell is going on here? And then you go right back and you're like, What? I mean, I'd also feel like we would be missing out on telling people about this music video if I did not mention the fact that the cheerleaders are constantly harassing the lead vocalist with their problems in the video. That is my favorite part when they finally walk down to the cheerleaders. They're all just like pummeling them on the (laughs) sides of their heads with the with the (laughs) pom poms and like the fact that they could keep a straight (laughs) face. Like, the thumbnail of it is, like, the dude reaching out, and he has the pom-poms on both sides of his head. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love the color and tone it, of this music video yes, in general. Yes, the colors yeah. are yeah. fantastic. They're, they're dressed in, like, all navy and black, but everything around them is all, like, vibrant and colorful. It's it inc- creates that contrast. Yes, yeah. it's an incredible contrast. And I think it's a perfect music video for this very high energy song. And I think it's definitely a full experience to like listen to both the song and watch the music video at the same time. The only thing I can say about the song that I don't like is that the mixing is so strange on the five. Because all the other vocalists are doing backing vocals in this song. Yeah, they're a bit muted. They're all, like, saying it, and you can see it in the video, they are, like, doing the lip-syncing for the vocals they're doing, but you can't hear them unless you strain yourself trying to, like, find the needle in the haystack where, oh, I can hear it. I can hear a vocalist there. I thought I feel it was like just that... the one dude. <sighs> no, it's, they all five have, like, a section where, like, they're all, like, adding to the lyrics, and it's such a shame, because I would love to hear a version where they're mixed more into it. Mm. But other than that, I love this song. Yeah, I really don't have anything to say about it other than praise. The only, like, like my only detraction from it would be that the verse parts sometimes feel a little bit slow. I know it's intentional with the the stilted mm. verses. It's very stilted, his vocal style. Sometimes it takes away from it when you're, like, really wanting it to be, you know, high energy. But other than that, it's an incredibly well-done song that I have been jamming to for the past week. Yeah, I'm going to say this is my top song of the week. Oh, yeah. 100%. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Tyler. I think that's it for the song. So all I can say is support these fucking artists. Absolutely. Again, as always, check the playlist we put on YouTube. That's one way to support them because it goes, it's almost always on the artist's uh, official page on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So any views are going to go directly to them or the company. I don't know how that works on YouTube. I hope to God it goes to them. Hopefully. Um, But also check out, make sure to check out our YouTube channel. Support us on Patreon as well. And share your thoughts in the comments below. You know, come to our YouTube comment section or tweet us at the Fable Few on Twitter. Thanks for listening. And I hope to see you next time as I believe Jay and Tyler do as well. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to Tyler Rodriguez for supporting us at Patreon at $20. If you wish to join him and have your name read out loud, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash the fable few and support us at $20 or above.